I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, we have a great guest today coming from San Diego, California. I got Mr. Dan Beer on the line, and he is turning some heads out that way, and we're going to find out what Dan is doing to be successful and how you can utilize what he's doing to be successful, too. So without further ado, Dan, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben. That's me. What's up, Pat? It's awesome being on the show here. I've been listening a long time, so great to be doing this. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you uh, give our rock star nation a little rundown on your dance so they can get to know you better? Sure. So me and my team, we're in San Diego, San Diego, California. Been in the business 11 years. 11 years. Really, it was after the recession. Uh, and because of the recession, I, I really attribute a lot of success to having been through that and built a business through it because you had to get serious or you kind of had to get out of the way. So from that point to here, we've, just, uh, we've, we've built the business to do 188 homes closed last year. Um, in San Diego, we have a much higher average price point than the majority of the country. So that 188 homes was just a hair under $152 million in closed business. Sweet. And we've been rocking ever since and, and just have a really fully leveraged team that, that includes it, it's a it's a small team. It's a much smaller team than most people would think based on how much we're doing. But uh, we have three buyer agents on the team, an established listing agent with one that's just joined us and we're just getting him ramped up and trained. Uh, but we have inside sales showing agent and then a fully leveraged operations team from a true COO to operations manager under her, who also is our listing manager, uh, contract to close specialist, and then a marketing coordinator, along with two virtual assistants in the Philippines. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's get some nitty gritty then. So you did 152 mil in volume, right? And so what was your ECI, Dan, your ego commission income? <laughs> the... EC, I like that. Every time you mention that, I like that. Uh, so we top line revenue for us was was right about three point six million. Okay, and then what's your gross? What's your net profit? The net profit on that was one point two million. Um, now that was that one point two million was before a hundred thousand dollar profit share payout to the team. So Dan. 
made 1.1 million. After after that payout, yes, except for fifty thousand of that hundred thousand dollar profit share was was uh, to me as an employee of the company. So, <laughs> so you kept half of the profit share. They got half. Okay, so one point one five million to clarify is your net income, Dan. What is your LTI? Your left to invest. So. You know that's a, that's a very that's an interesting question. I'd actually love to hear exactly how you. Well, you just take you, out what you're spending on yourself, Dan. Like, like okay, you made one point one five, right? And then and then let's say you paid three hundred in taxes, four hundred in taxes, so you're left with seven hundred. Is Dan spending seven hundred grand? You know, buying no. Maseratis and <laughs> and hookers and blow, or is Dan actually how much of that seven hundred are can, you saving and and yeah. taking it and investing in real estate and other horizontal forms of income? So I can tell you exactly what I invested last year, which was three hundred thousand dollars invested. Uh, the rest and what sometimes people don't realize, especially agents, um, you know, maybe they're on a team and they think that they they think. They hear $1.1 million left over, 1.15, and they think that I get to just take that all home and spend it with my family. And But the reality is, is I have to keep my business funded also. And I have to, uh, yeah, we like having six months of operating capital. So I took about $300,000, invested that, plus the 50 that went into my 401k, so 350. The rest is invested back into the company because we like to keep six months of cash on hand. Right, right. But in the United States, obviously, you still pay taxes on the on the 1.15. So yeah, you know, and I'm you're in keeping it in there. Yeah, you're keeping it in there, but you're really, you're really not. It's just, um, it's just. Put it this way: I paid half. Uh, I paid five hundred fifty thousand dollars in taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even, so though, even a- though you didn't even take it out of the company, which is a shame. But it's good, though. It's good. I mean, you're, you know, 30, 30, 35 percent is, is your LTI. You're left to invest. What, what are you investing in? So we've I've done um, I've done a lot of apartment syndicate investments where I'm just a passive investor, a limited partner. Um, all of those in San Diego County. I also picked up a condo of my own in San Diego as well that I purchased last year. And then I made a, a fairly sizable investment, $80,000 investment into a, into a tech company. So that's, that's where my money went last year as far as, as far as investments go. Yeah, that's cool. I, I love it that, um, I love it. Number one, that you're doing it and I love it that, uh, you're tracking it and that, uh, and that you're, you're so free and willing to share it uh, because I think it's so important. We all want to get out of the rat race, you know, and this is how you do it, right? And and this is how you're doing it. So kudos to you for that. So let's talk a little bit about your success here. So you've been in it 11 years. Take me back to your first year. How many houses did you sell your first year? Oh, man. So our, my first year, which was 2005, I had, had a half a year there to work with. I believe I sold three homes. Um, three and really homes. Oh, yeah. And that's that's pretty much the story that uh, my story all the way through through about 2008. Uh, oh, God, 2008, 2009. A lot of it blurs. But essentially, I was the guy that, especially in San Diego, I was just looking to sell really expensive homes and 
I was doing five or six of them a year eventually. You know, after that first year, I was doing about five or six of them. The, the, the really unfortunate thing about San Diego and Southern California in general, along with some other high-end markets like New York, is that you can get away with selling five, six homes and you believe you're making an income because, yeah, the GCI or the ECI, right? The Eagle Commission yeah, yeah. income six figures at the time. Right. Yeah, the big checks, man. They're big checks, but you don't have a business. You don't have a business, I mean, not, not even close. It, business in those days looked like sitting around at the office, maybe get in a 10 or 11, if I came in at all, mm. and hope that, you know, one of my family friends called and wanted to do something, and now, right. and that's what called my business, right, which obviously is a joke. Yeah, right. But You were, an, you were essentially a sales person. You know, you were in the S quadrant. I guess, uh, on Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, right? You were a self-employed person. That's it. Right? I was. And I mean, I was behaving in a way where if you want to make some kind of living and you like, if you want to make a decent living and you live in Omaha, you can't behave the way I was behaving because just because of price point. But that's, that's part of what my market does to people is it keeps so many from actually developing a business, a real business, because so many can get away with not having to, and and um, and you're still making, I guess you're still making income, but you definitely have a job. I mean, it, that that's like you just said, you're in that part of the quadrant. So how'd you go from three houses and being in the S quadrant to uh, what'd you say, 191? Is that what you sold last year? 188. Okay, so 188 houses. And being in the B quadrant, where you've obviously created a a leveraged business that that runs uh, quite well with quite a good profit, you know, essentially on its own. How did you get there? We want to know so we can do it too. Yeah, and the best part of that uh, 188 homes is that for an entire month of the year, the month of October, I actually took picked up my family, went to New York City rented an apartment in the East Village and just decided we were going to live there for a month, stress test the business, let it run on its own. And it was beautiful. So how did we get there? I mean, yeah, it's, that's really it's, cool. I want to hear about that too uh, later, but go ahead. Keep going. It's very much, you'll hear Gary Keller. Uh, when you hear him talk, you'll talk a lot about how things happen, you know, slowly, 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 and suddenly. And so what I can tell you is that if you go to 2007, I was broke. Yeah, I'd been making six figures each year, but I was also young. I was spending it who knows where. I wish I, I, wish I actually knew because I don't have any gold watches or anything to show for it. <laughs> and the money was gone. I went to pay my rent one, one month and I couldn't. I had to use a credit card check. And that's when there was a seismic shift just in my DNA where I could not believe what I was going through. I couldn't believe that I'd first off blown through $40,000 of savings that my family had built up for me from, since my birth. And then this, the, the two years or three years of making a six-figure income, all of it blown, and I have to pay my, my credit card. Or excuse me, I have to pay my rent through a credit card, uh, through a credit card check. So everything shifted for me. The recession was hitting as well. And it was just time to essentially leave the, leave the industry or I had to build a real business and I had to be able to predictably create leads and, and, and not depend on, you know, which one of dad's friends was going to call because that business had completely gone away. Wow. Wow. 
Okay. So, and so, so what'd you do? Well, the first step is, you know, it's, it's, it's the classic first step. The first step was, well, if I back up, I started to lead generate, I went to the internet and I got at that time, I don't know that I would necessarily suggest to someone they start there now because SEO and all that world's changed so much. But if you go back to 2009, that was kind of the end of the good years where it was easier to crack into that. And we started generating leads online. I took the, I took a little bit of money that I made on a commission. I built a, I got rid of the vanity website that everybody used to have back in those days and built. Yeah, a I noticed that I, I went to your website before the show and there's no photo. Your name's on there, but it's very, very bland. Now that's a strategy, huh? Yep. It's a true lead. Gen, it's a true uh, search engine for people, for buyers to be able to search for homes and they register and so on. And so we started to generate leads and all of a sudden had too many. And, and so I realized it was time to start building the business. And that first most important step was getting the EA in place, right? My executive assistant. And we went, I went from there and trust me, I completely messed up the way that I hired her on a you know, I wasn't thinking with the end in mind, which is something I definitely teach today. It was a very short-sighted way of hiring and building a compensation package. But most importantly, I did do it, which is better than not. And everything started to grow from there. So we've consistently grown since those days where it was just me and her and then me and her and a couple of agents. And and um, you fast forward to today where I was able to literally go to New York for a month with my family and not not miss a beat. So, okay, so you have a listing agent, obviously. People are, I'm just thinking of what people are thinking in their head. Okay, you go to New York for a month, which is incredible. And how many hours a week while you were in New York were you supervising or emailing or checking things? Uh, tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so my primary objective when I went to New York wasn't not to work. I actually like working. I, okay. I, I love it. I love it. My, my, the primary objective was to put myself in a position where it would literally be impossible for me to go on an appointment with a buyer or a seller. Yeah, yeah. So you were, you were forced, right? Yeah. I mean, I've talked to other agents on the show that have unfortunately got, you know, gotten uh, stricken with cancer or into a car accident and were shocked at how their team rallied, rallied behind them. And actually, they actually end up making more, if not the same, uh, money than they did, you know, before the cancer or before the car accident. So you, you basically forced that, right? Yeah, we, uh, you know, necessity is a is a very powerful force, right? So, so I put myself in a position where I literally couldn't go to an appointment. Um, when I was there, I had an office. Um, I, I'd walk one, I'd walk one block, excuse me, about 10 blocks. I'd get on the, on the subway one stop later. I was, uh, I'd pop out, walk another six blocks and I'd go to an office that I had there for the month. Um, I'd spend about five hours working, but it was really cool. You know, I'd wake up, spend time with the family in the morning. Also, we was three hours ahead of San Diego. So I got to see my family a lot. What, how old are your kids? Two and a half year old boy. And I have twins on the way here to do. Oh uh, man, not, it could be any moment. So that's awesome, dude. That's yeah, uh, that's great. So you got up with your two and a half year old. I'm sure your wife appreciated that. You spent, you know, lots of time with them because none of the bit nobody was awake in San Diego. You go down, 
you you sit in a little office, a little rental cubicle or what have you. What'd you do during that five hours? I did everything I love doing. I dove into our marketing. I dove. I had very extensive conversations with our with our director of operations on on where we're headed. I journaled. I spent a lot of time uh, building out org charts for the future. Um, I really truly worked on the business, nothing else, and and served it in the best and highest way that I possibly can, which is with giving the business vision and direction and something that, you know, I'm still working on it today. I have to mm. admit, something I'm still working on it today is that that's my job. My job is that, that's what I, that's what I do best. And then how it gets done, well, that's up to Laura. And she's absolutely one of the best operations people in this business anywhere in the country and my job is to think you know to, to think it up or think of it where are we going and then how that actually looks and how it's implemented in the, into the CRM and how the reporting happens and how it gets rolled out to the different functions within the team that's her world I trust her to do it and so I got to really focus on what I do best and how I serve the business with the greatest amount of value that's awesome. So you truly uh, was wor were working the e-myth, working on your business, not in your business, because it was impossible to work in your business. So you had Laura, who's your office manager, and then obviously you had a trustworthy listing agent, which I think th those are the two most important ones. Buyer agents, you know, th they're important, but they're a dime a dozen. I think that the, the, the two things that most of the people listening probably want to know are, you know, what is the DNA of, of your listing agent? What is the DNA of Laura, how they interact together and, and, and details like that. What do you pay them? How do you incentivize them? How do you keep them? Because those are obviously two, you know, probably the two ends of, of your team that are holding the whole thing together. Yeah. I'd be happy to share that. You want to start with Laura operations? Yes. Or so I mentioned my very first executive assistant hire. She's not with us any longer. Again, she was struck structured. I structured a compensation package for her that today she'd be making more money than I make. So that was unsustainable. Definitely wasn't thinking with you know the end in mind, so to speak. And fast forward to where, where the business is definitely growing, and at about the forty million dollar a year mark, I believe forty eight million dollar a year mark. I hired somebody, a new, a new executive assistant. Now this person I hired at an, over somebody else. The somebody else was a proven super high level. There was no doubt in the world that she would just come in and rock the business. I mean, there was no question. However, she was also about a 75 to $90,000 type person, okay? Instead of hiring her, I went and hired. I went ahead and hired a forty thousand dollar earner who, after bonuses, still ended up making upwards of sixty five, seventy thousand. But of course, I was still in a space where that just felt more comfortable, right? To have the lower base, of course. And but if you fast forward to what happened, the business she was great when the business was at forty or so mil. When we were at sixty mil. She was she was great. We hit sixty two million dollars one year. The business then jumped the, from sixty two million to a hundred and uh, hundred and two. Mm. 
over the course of that year, service dropped off the map, complaints skyrocketed, and essentially what was happening is the, the marketing end of our business was far outpacing the service side, and and she was just not growing with us, right? We were, okay. uh, we were She couldn't handle the, the turbulence. Plane was ascending, right? And uh, she couldn't handle the turbulence that you get whenever a plane ascends. She just, she was great. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, do when I made the change away from her because, you know, I, I loved her as a, as a, as a teammate, uh, but the business had outgrown her. Yeah. As far Everybody as has a ceiling. Theater. I think we never want to admit that, you know, and it's hard to admit, uh, but every, I have a ceiling, you have a ceiling. We don't, Absolutely. we may not know where it is, but every, everybody has a ceiling. Um, Absolutely. So what'd you so, do? What'd you do about this? So, we made a change away from her and who, who we ended up hiring makes I think if she'd want me to say out loud here, but essentially she, she makes a six figure base. Okay. I, I, what we, what we did is I hired somebody that was a very proven talent here to back up. We found her because she, she actually ran the operations for a company that had actually expanded across the country, but it was an REO servicing company and it was a right time you know, it was a timing thing where her company was winding down because the REO market had gone away and she was the last employee in a company with hundreds of employees. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a good sign right there, right? That she's the last employee because, uh, uh, you know, those REO companies, the outsourcers, I've watched many of them collapse. And you're right. They, you know, one month they lay off 10, the next month they lay off 10. Oh, yeah. And so she's she the was like that. the last one staying like musical chairs. Oh, she was the one that, that, that stayed with the CEO to, to basically just wind the business down. And it was a right, it was a, the timing was great. She wasn't, you know, much like they tell us where, you know, the best talents aren't just out looking at jobs on Craigslist. She wasn't. It was just the right time, right place. We had an introduction was made uh, by my title rep to her. And I had the option of going with her. It was going to be a six-figure base, plus it was going to be bonuses, and then eventually ended up introducing profit share. So, so you know, it, I, I had the option of choosing her and paying for it, or I could have hired another potential talent, an up-and-comer, half of the pay, and hope that she'd work out. And this time around, what I decided was that instead of Instead of hiring somebody that I'm hoping will grow into the business, I chose to hire somebody that the business could grow into, that had more capacity than the business was at. That's and, cool. And, and could she could take us up instead of us having to take I her like up. That. I like that. Instead of hiring somebody that could grow into the business, I hired somebody that the business could grow into. I like that. Deep, deep. Okay. So she was, you know, this business was below her pay grade. And you said to her, the reason I'm hiring you is because we're here and I want to go here. And, and she and said, you know, give me the damn baton and uh, get out of my way. I gave her the keys and, and I, gave, well, I gave her the vision of where we're going. She got very, very excited about it. I mean, and keep in mind, this was over the course of many conversations. I mean, we had a coffee. We had an interview at my office. We had dinner with my wife. Um, I had a mentor of mine interview her also. Um, so we got to know each other very well. She loved the vision. And, and 
it's been the best decision we've ever made. I mean, she is the a leader, a true, true leader. If you ask most anybody in our organization, who's your boss? They're not ah. going to say it's me. Yeah, They're going right. to say it's her. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Dan and I just got back from our annual uh, GoBundance conference in um, Whistler, British Columbia. And one of our uh, guest speakers was Cameron Harold, uh, who helped start the company 1-800-GOT-JUNK, took that thing to, to huge levels, now does business consulting, wrote a bunch of books. So anyways, the one thing and this ties in exactly what Dan is saying right now. The one thing that I remember the most is when he got on stage and someone asked him, he had a Q&A afterwards, and someone asked him about, you know, a, um, a trial period. What do you think about trial periods for employees, like a 30-day or 90-day trial period? And he said, I don't believe in trial periods. He says, I, I think they're stupid. He said, when I hire somebody, I do enough work and enough focus on hiring that when I hire somebody, I know that the day that they start, that they are going to knock the cover off the ball immediately. Like the first day they're going to go in there and people are going to go, holy dirt, you know, you know, they're going to nail it from day one. He knows that in his soul before he even hires them. And essentially, that's what you did, right? With her, uh, and I've gotten plenty of them wrong, but with her, uh, abs absolutely, absolutely. And we truly, you know, it's, it's, it's funny the way a lot of agents will hire. It's, it's truly just too fast. And if you think of it, just think of it, just, just think in terms of what it was like when you were dating your spouse versus when you lived with them, you know, whether it was, mm. what, or whoever your spouse is now, but when you were dating right. versus you lived together, True. You, you, you really found out who they were. Right. And I'll tell you, outside of my wife, her, her, Laura, she's the most important relationship I have. And it's critical that you that you have more than a couple dates before you're truly getting married. And yeah. so, yes, you have to go. You have, definitely have to go deep. But handing or hiring someone at that caliber, and I'll leave you with a kind of a piece of advice that I now have just because of her. But but hiring somebody at that caliber, it, it was the best thing I ever did. At having someone the business could grow into because for the Keep in mind, the alternative employee wasn't free. That other employee also would have cost money, right? And so for the marginal difference, the business grew by over a million dollars in GCI in one year. Wow. Yeah, and, right. For, for 50000 or whatever it is, uh, 70000 extra, you grew by a million. Uh, so here's the thing everybody's wondering. At a thirty-five percent net profit, crazy right? So, baby, well, right? Yeah. Uh, what What did she do? You know, she's um, first. One of the things she does best is tell me no. She, her, and I have extremely blunt, very straight up conversations um, where we're just we're on the same page. She's hired out the team. She hired the operations manager, who's also you know the listing manager as well. She hired the contract to close specialist. She hired the marketing uh, coordinator. All of them just she hired better than I could have. She but she'd hired hundreds of people in the past. You know, I haven't. Most of the people listening to the call haven't either. 
we've all hired two, three, four, five people. She, she had hired hundreds. Um, and she just has a way of commanding. She's just a good manager, man. I don't know how else to say it. She is a, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a great rainmaker and she's a great manager. And, and so she does her job. I do mine. And it's a great compliment. What I learned in, in the advice I'd give to anyone looking to hire that person is make yourself uncomfortable. You know, if you're looking at two candidates, the best thing, it, it, and, and you know which one's the better candidate, but they make you a little bit uncomfortable because guess what? Good people, they're, they are a little bit more. Be willing to get uncomfortable around that hire because it's going to, it's better for your bottom line. It's better for your freedom. It's better for everything than, 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 than compromising on the quality of that person. Mm, It'll yeah, do more. Yeah. And then you the, can step out. I mean, you were, you felt confident from day one that you could step out, uh, you, you know, and not, not have to deal with eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, we still, sure, you know, sure, we, sure, we still right. time in the business together, but, but, um, it, that's going to make you more and give you a better life than the next farming program you want to invest into, the next radio program. All that stuff's irrelevant without this person. So you do the marketing and and the, and the fun stuff, right? Like marketing, advertising, getting leads, watching leads, and and it's kind of like you're the pitcher and she's the catcher. Yeah, I'll tell her you said that. <laughs> so so uh, okay so um let's talk about the listing your listing partner like like what process did you go through in training someone to take over this very very important responsibility and uh, how do you pay them so i'll tell you exactly how i'll tell you exactly what we went through and i wouldn't but i have to say it with caution and that I have to tell the listener that I don't believe it was the best way to train somebody. It was just simply the way I knew how when I did, when I trained my first listing agent. Um, I didn't have anything documented. I didn't have my listing presentation recorded. There's, there is a, a very different path we're following with the second person who we have now versus the first. But the first spent about six months with me in the car going to every single appointment and then doing two mock listing appointments with me at the office every week until I felt good enough at the mock listing appointments that we'd still go to the real listing appointments together, but he would lead and I would, I know I'd basically sit backseat to him until, uh, until that started looking good enough that that was it. I, he started to go and I stepped out and we ended up, you know, we still we sold 120 listing side deals last year, with me pretty much completely out of it by June. So that's that was the process we went through with him. We found we found a great guy to do the job, right? You wanted to know what the DNA is of this person. Yes. And actually, not to jump around here and be disorganized for the listener, but it's, I think it's important I give you the DNA of who's Laura too, because a lot of people, in my opinion, look for the wrong personality profile. Okay. Um, on the on the operation side. So you're going to do DISC? Oh yeah, I, I kind of you know it's it's flawed, but it's a language most people understand and yeah, give sure. you a sense of who you're looking for. Well, with Joe, with Joe, our listing agent, who we found was we we found a really great sales guy who people 
really love and grow into, but he's smart. He's um, able to deliver a presentation. He's able to engage you in a conversation. I remember the first time I sat down with him, how engaged I felt and and just about anything he was saying. And to me, that was very, very important. And he's not the most organized, but our op- but the way our business is structured is that he doesn't necessarily have to be so long as he just does the, you know, very few dollar productive activities that we ask him to do. And we found someone that was earning less than I believe he should have been at the time. You know, he, the most he'd money he'd ever made in, his, in the course of his life was about, you know, about 60K. And we introduced not a split opportunity, but we introduced to him was an income opportunity. And that's what we always focus people on. In fact, as soon as they ask me about splits, I just tell them it's 99% me and 1% them. And what the, what's the difference if they're going to make the income they're looking to make? Um, and I borrowed, <laughs> borrowed so that that, they say, what's your split? And you say 99, one, you get one, I get 99. Yeah. And then I say, and, and frankly, I'm not sure why you're even asking me this question. Cause we were just talking about how you're going to make $150,000. So why are we talking about that? Mm-hmm. Now I borrowed that at the credit Brett Tanner with that, took that from him. So introduced the income opportunity to him and yeah, he, that's, that's about what he uh, made last year. This year, he'll probably get close to about two hundred thousand. And one of the greatest pleasures I take in what I do is watching someone's life grow that way. I mean, you take them from sixty to two hundred, and their life looks different. Yeah, and absolutely. So, so you did a hundred eighty-eight deals. How many of those were listings? One twenty. Shit. So that's great because uh, I mean that's phenomenal. Actually, that's because uh, that's like close to seventy percent. What? Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, how and and he listed pretty much all those, huh? Well, he was with me pretty much hand in hand through June and then June through call it the third quarter is where he did the majority and I would still dabble. Yeah. Uh, but we we hit that fourth quarter and I was out. That's awesome. And I mean, this this past January, uh, he listed 19 homes. So He's up and running. So he'll probably make 200. So, you know, you're able to pay him what, like 15% a deal, 20% a deal? Well, we're actually at 10 and then there's a bonus structure based on um, if he hits a certain amount in, over the course of the month. But keep in mind, we're in San Diego where at our average price point last year, which was 800 and something thousand, a lot of other people across the country would have to sell you know, three or four homes to hit that kind of. Yeah. Hit, I mean, if he's making that. a couple, two, 3000, right. Off of every deal, even let's say it's 2000 off his 10%. Then, then if he, what'd you say? 13 homes, he made 26,000, you know, it's, um, he, he the key that. thing that's that, in a month. Yeah. That's great. And in January, which is a crappy month. January, we listed 19. And 19. So, Okay. 19 January. Yeah. So we had a, we had a very good January. I'll tell you though, we inventory in San Diego plummeted fourth quarter last year, plummeted. I mean, I know everyone across the country is saying that, but trust me, I mean, it's like unexistent in that, in that quarter, but a lot of sellers were, I mean, we made up for it in January and hopefully it's ticking up here again. But, um, that's, uh, you just have to focus on giving people income opportunities and stop talking about splits. Stop, ta- stop behaving. If you're really building a sustainable business, stop behaving like real estate agents. Get out of the, you know, get out of 
believing that other people are going to be hung up on the same thing you're hung up on. Most people, the people at least that we want to work with, are looking for a way to have a better life, a, a way to make a better income, to also feel like a winner day in and day out. They're highly curious, especially our salespeople. That's the most important trait. They're curious people. And they're looking for a place where they can grow, grow their, grow their, grow their business, but grow as people. You focus them in on that. The split conversation almost really makes you feel kind of stupid when you're talking yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes I mean, you feel like you're dumbing it down. Right. I mean, 60000 to a buck eighty, two hundred thousand. I mean, in a couple of years, and, and he probably loves what he does and a great atmosphere because of Laura. I mean, it's uh, – and you. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And, and then – He gets to win day in and day out. That feels good. Have you ever lost a listing – have you ever just kind of gotten kicked in the stomach because you felt sure that you got a listing and uh, the rapport was incredible and then they call and tell you they listed with somebody else or even worse, they send you an email and tell you they've chosen someone else. It hurts, man. I know it's happened to me tons of times and I hated it. And um, so because of that, I created a product called a certified listing agent. I got the eight top listing agents in the world and recorded their listing appointments. Everything, no holds barred, no secrets here, everything. And then after each listing appointment, we uh, discussed it and uh, created a course out of it. It's uh, over 10 hours of intense uh, video and it's for you to watch and never lose a listing again. Check it out. There's a lot of free samples. You can go in and see kind of what it's like before you uh, sign up for it. Uh, RebusUniversity.com. We also got the, the uh, highly popular CTA, Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn. And that is how to build a massive team. How Jeff went from 80 to 580 units in four years. And uh, what he does behind the scenes. What forms he uses. How his systems are run. Everything on the CTA, Certified Team Agent. And our newest course, which is hot, fresh on the market, literally super fresh on the market, is the Certified Price Reduction course. Now, what I'm going to do as I do when all these courses come on, and this is an important course, guys, because this course, a lot of markets are starting to change. And this course is going to make you commissions because as we know, what really sells houses beyond all the smoke and mirrors is MLS and price. And if you can get these suckers priced right, if they're not selling, they're going to make you a commission. They're going to save you from losing that listing as an expired listing and having some other agent get the commission. So this course is probably just as valuable as any of the courses we offer, if not more. And it's pennies on the dollar from cost wise. So what I'm doing is it's a $250 course, $249. And as a launch, as a beginning phase of it, I'm going to give 50% off. So for 125 bucks or less, a couple pennies less, you can get this amazing course on with 24 scripts on how to get houses prices reduced that you can print out and practice with your coworkers. And in addition to the 24 scripts, you get tons of meat and potato interviews with myself and Mike Sloan. Mike Sloan is the guy that bought my business, Platte Hobby Real Estate Group, and he gets tons of 
price reductions. He's seen many markets, ups and downs. He's had to get price reductions hundreds of times before in the trenches, so there was nobody better to make my co-host on this show than Mike Sloan. So we got a ton of interviews, a bunch of quizzes, and then we got all the downloads for you. And now that is a heck of a deal for 124 bucks. So what you got to do is you got to type in price. I'll just make it price. So if you go to rebusuniversity.com, you type in price, it'll take you 50% off. Rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, coupon code PRICE, done, you're done, 125 bucks, deal, and it's a money-back guarantee, like the other courses in there, all our courses are money-back guaranteed, and stay tuned for several other courses, I've shot uh, seven additional courses, they're going to be letting them out in the next uh, seven months or so, so let's get back to this incredible interview. Thanks, guys. What would you say today, Dan, your best lead source is that's new? Give me a new lead source that you're like, this thing is great. Everybody's got to start doing this. So... We have a new lead source, which is still, I would call it in an unproven state. So I'm not sure if you want me to go there. Really, we don't have a magic secret anything, right? We've just been doing it day in, day out. What we do very, very well, we, we farm as best, you know, as well as anybody across the country. We're, we do it at a very high level and we go deep on it. We go wide and deep. Okay, we tell, me, well, tell me what that means. So, I know what it means, but tell me exactly uh, how you do it. and Sure. Yeah. So we farm 32,000 homes, um, and that's what I mean by wide, because it's a, you know, it's a bigger farm. Wait a you farm 32,000 homes? Yes. So through 2015 and 16, we were farming 15,000 homes. In December of this past year, we added another 17,000. Good for you. Okay. So we're at 32,000 homes. Basically, it's two complete zip codes across San Diego. And what, what do uh, those farms get? So, you want me to run through the program, or you want me to yeah, break it down? Yeah, just break it down because I want people to be like pulling their cars over in in some other state, in some other county, or in Canada, and saying, "Okay, I'm going to do this too." Here's how so, Dan does it. Yeah, we'll launch we'll launch the farm with four mailers over the course of three months, and it's all mail. It's very heavy on the mail side of things, but four four hits over the course of three months. Following that period of time. And are these just solds or what are they? No, we hit every single door in the zip code. Oh, what are we mailing? Yeah, what yeah. is a mailing? Yeah. What we're mailing is essentially a just sold card. What I mean by essentially is we like to call them evidence of success cards because they don't just say, hey, look what we just sold. But rather they actually incorporate a, the story of what that seller went through, why they were moving, why it was important. It it, it it's a, it's been very powerful to do that. Um, almost kind of the same effect what a, like what a testimonial will do, but possibly even on a deeper level because the the people receiving these cards realize how real the results are. Does it have a picture of them? Okay, them. I'm sorry. Does it have a picture of Mr. and Mrs. Johannesburg who no you know went through this? No. It, it, give no, me no. an example. Like what would it say? Like what would the two sentences or one sentence say? 
Well, so it's it, the core of the property is just, or of the card is a great looking photo of a house. The two key elements on it are sold in X amount of days at X amount of the uh, X percent of the sales price, right? So sold in five days at 102% of the sales price. And then their story, what, that story might sound something like, you know, the Jones, the Jones family needed to get their home sold. They had already been on the market for six months previously, but just, you know, their, their home expired. They unfortunately couldn't, the agent unfortunately couldn't sell the home. And they're really trying to get to Dallas because, you know, something's going on in Dallas. It's important to their life. And so they wanted to make, they needed to make sure they were going to get it done quickly, but not sacrifice price as a result of getting it done um, in a short period of time. They needed to make sure they had a full market response and got the most out of the property. When they engaged us, their home ended up selling, you know, in five days. Um, they got to Dallas. They're now sitting there with their aunt and uncle or whatever was going on in Dallas and they're feeling great and, you know, life's worked out wonderfully for them type of story. Okay. Making wow. that up. I mean, that's a lot to fit on a, a postcard. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, it's structured in a way where, where you can do that. Okay, cool. Um, so, okay, so you so do that, you do it again, you do it again. It's a large postcard, and a good portion of the back is that. And you and get then, four. Yeah, you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot to that. I'm a high D, so I see that, and I'm like, man, who's going to read all that? But you know what? The reality of it is, the more you tell, the more you sell. If you ever look at, you know, some of these copywritten emails that I'm sure everybody gets now, you know, they go on for three pages on a sales pitch about why to click on this link, you know, and it's, it's clearly there is, there's a reason they do that rather than just say, you know, find out how to make a million dollars, click here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah the more you tell, the more you sell. Well, here's the thing though. You're not going to read that. That's true. But you're going to read sold in five days at 102% of the asking price. Yeah. You're going to read that. Other people are going to read the other thing, you know, and then there's, you know, Guaranteed sale program on the back. Very clear call to action. So it's yeah. There's sixty some percent of all of all human beings are high S personalities. So you know that that's the largest demographic of the DISC is the S personality, which is your. I didn't know that. People that are actually going to read that stuff, you know, and be interested in it. So so, anyways, that's uh, well, that's good stuff. So you send out four of those. What over a month period into the into this farm? Well, so some of them are those. Some of them were some uh, it, for for the original fifteen thousand homes. We actually have a newspaper that we publish, and so we control a twelve page newspaper, and that has all kinds of educational content plus very clear direct response ads leading back to us. Um, in the new seventeen thousand home farm, there's already an existing community paper, so instead. We're actually advertising in it, um, which isn't my, it's not the way I usually like to advertise, but we're, we have very strong ads in there. Not just the like, Hey, look at me. I'm Dan. Call me because your life will be good. You know, it'll be, it's very clear direct response ads in there at a, and also frequent. Um, but we're also mailing out market update to a, uh, segment of the 17,000 homes, which actually end up with a, with a third mailing. So that it's fairly, it's, um, I'd have to map it out for you literally on paper for you to be able to see it because certain there's, there's more, it's, it's more complicated than just telling you we send out a bunch of postcards, 
But here's what you could take. You'd have to launch your farm aggressively four hits a month for three months. After that, minimum of two. Minimum of two mailings a month. And they have to be they have they have to be direct response ads. It can't just be, hey, I'm Dan Beer and I sold this house, just sold. Call me when you're ready. It can't be that. That's some a call think- to action. Direct response means they respond to this by going to a website and filling out their information. And they exactly they have to you have to know exactly what the response what the rate of response is. You have to track every phone call back to the source. Do not farm if you're going to just send you know, Pat, you talk to so many people. You've talked to certainly you've talked to so many agents that say, Hey, I'm farming. You say, Great, so you know, what is that? How's that looking? Is it working for you? And they go, Well, I think so. Yeah, some people have mentioned the postcards. Yeah, I think yeah. Are looking I, at I it. see you everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, people no, say they see it, yeah. so I'm pretty sure it's working. Well, you can't have that. Right. I mean, you if you can't don't have send a, out one or one postcard with five cliches on it, <laughs> you know, that uh, and expect to get a result. You ex- exactly. So you have to make sure that it's measured and you have to ongoing two hits a month to meaningful mailings that are that give you a legitimate chance at a phone call back every single month. And that's been extremely good to us. Uh, the beautiful thing about farming is that unlike, say, radio, which is good, too, but radio, we get a we get a sale here, then we get a sale there and then we're across town. Well, farming is the only thing that I know of where you make the sale, where that's how you get a new listing. Well, you've been farming the neighborhood aggressively for, you know, for a part of ours. Now we're on to our third year, right, of, that, of never slowing down. Well, we get a new listing. The neighbor across the street and two doors over has been thinking about selling, too, and knows exactly who we are because of our because of our consistency. Well, when the sign goes up across the street, they notice it. Oh, wow. Look, Dan just listed that across the street. Social proof. Yeah. When the sold sign goes up shortly thereafter, I mean, it's it's it it, it now fuels them yeah, more social proof. Too. Yeah. And it's like, in, you know, in my book, I talk about step five build, which is build on a success up, not from the ground up, because when you build on a success up like you're doing right, you go postcard. The story is a success. Matter of fact, that story could be from a neighborhood, you know, 200 miles away, but you're still building on a success up. And then that's you're exactly and, right. Yeah, and then and then when they see the sign, you're building on a success up. Then when they see the sold, you're building on a success up. So you're double downing on everything. Let me give you let me give some tangible advice here to listener because yeah. I remember feeling like, well, that if I was listening to myself years back, I'd say, well, that sounds great, but I don't have even two to, like success stories to mail out every month in the neighborhood. How do I do that then? You know, because a lot of people will hesitate because they don't want to send one this month and then all of a sudden they have nothing to send. Well, look, every area is different, but my area, and I assume a lot of areas are like this, the home could be 20 miles away that we just sold from the farm. It could be 20 miles away. We sold it on a referral. But the reality is that the exterior of the home looks very similar to what the homes look like in the farm. So, Nowhere on the card does it say, look what we just sold in 92127 zip code. It just says, 
sold, right? And this, yeah, and the success right. story in five days, the story that way you don't need. Yeah, you don't need people will have this excuse of. I don't want, I can't start a farm there because nobody knows me. Well, that's not true. And you've just proved it. The recipient will assume that the home is in their neighborhood. You're not telling them it is. Like, this is perfectly good, perfectly clear. Like you're, you're good. You're not false advertising anything. Yeah, yeah. The recipient will just, everybody thinks that everything's about them. So they will assume it's in their neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, people do that with cold calling now too. You know, they'll be like, "Hey, Pat, Pat Highbin calling from ABC Real Estate. I, we just sold a house over on Umpdump Street, and Umpdump Street could be two hundred miles away." Like I said, the people don't know. They don't. You know, you don't drive down every single street in your neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. So you just get started. But it, it really is the only thing I've ever found that feeds itself because then you also have that new listing. Now you have all the signs out in the neighborhood. You have the the, the for sale sign. Um, by all the signs, I'm at the open house signs. And then you host the open house. Now you're meeting everybody in person. By the way, those neighbors are also getting all your mailings consistently. So they actually already know who you are when they're showing up. And it really snowballs. And it's, it's, it's the coolest thing because it, it's the only thing that continues to reward you sale after sale after sale. Because when you get that one deal out you know, in some area where you've never done business, it's great. And yeah, you might get a sign call off it too, but it's very different from when the neighbor across the street who also might sell, who also gets your mailings, sees the success happen right across the street. You could you you, yeah. you could bet that unless they're selling their home with their brother, they're calling you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Dan, this has been an amazing uh, call. You've shared some serious, serious meat and potatoes. I'm going to ask you one favor to share one more thing. Would it be okay if you could send me one of those postcards? I mean, they're public postcards anyways, and I can put the front and back on your show notes uh, where people uh, listen to your episode. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that for you, Pat. Okay, awesome. So guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a sample of one of these storied postcards of the story of a seller on hybendigital.com backslash Dan Beer, D A N B E E R, Dan Beer, just like it sounds. Hyben Digital backslash Dan Beer. I'm going to put all of Dan's information. If you want to reach out to him and give him a hot referral in San Diego, he's the guy to go to. Dan, thanks so much for everything. I look forward to uh, breaking some bread with you, brother, at the next GoBundance event. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in the next uh, quarter. Yeah, man. And it, real quick before we break this, I uh, a favor to ask you back then. I put together a document, six areas of mastery to build a sustainable, profitable, scalable real estate business. Do you want me to give people a place to download that? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I can put a link uh, on your show notes too. Hybendigital.com backslash Dan Beer. I'll just put it up there along with the postcard. Would that be cool? Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay, cool. So guys, get that. Get that, uh, go there, get that, uh, both of those things. And uh, and everything that we talked about will be up there as well. And uh, let's do it. Cool, man. Well, this was fun. I'll see you at the next one. All right, Dan. Have a great day. You too, Pat. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. 
We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.